Welcome to 9 to 5 Mac Nightly, a podcast this week hosted by me, Zach Hall, and Seth Kukowski. Hey, Seth. Talk Apple to me. Talk Apple to you. Well, I, I think I, I joked today that we were going to do 9 to 5 Mac Nightly because we've been like doing these in the evening. It's fun. I love it. I have a, I have a glass of bourbon board and like where I'm sipping on yeah. it. It's, it's great. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, I want to tell you, Seth, about a story about Apple and find my, now, do you, you know, you know, the phrase designed by Apple in California, right? Yeah. It's on the back of everything Apple makes was a book, was a book by Johnny. I was picture book. Uh, well, I, I, I call this story rescued by Apple in California because here it is hmm. uh, a woman in California was rescued uh, from firefighters after a car crash. Thanks to find my, she was missing. It, it has nothing to do with emergency SOS or satellite or crash detection. This is just an existing iPhone the person was missing and her family used to find my, which is pretty cool. That, that, that's mm-hmm. the case. Uh, this was in San Bernardino, California. Uh, I'll, I'll read you some from the story that our, our colleague Felipe Esposito wrote today. The news comes from the San Bernardino County Fire Department, which shared the report on its official Facebook page. According to SBC OFD, firefighters were dispatched to a reported traffic collision on Highway 18 north of 40th Street in the city of San Bernardino. There, they found a vehicle over the side and well off the roadway. The fire department says that the victim was likely spent the night in the crashed vehicle after leaving a family gathering. Since the woman was missing and no one could contact her, her family members checked her location on Find My iPhone, which lets users share their current location with friends and family. After seeing where she was, the family called 911, which quickly dispatched the fire department to that location shown on Apple's Find My app. Since the vehicle was about 200 meters from the highway and the victim had severe injuries, firefighters had to see had to uh, use specialized urban search and rescue equipment, including a uh, I don't know I don't know this word capstan raising system to safely okay. haul the members up. The victim was then taken to the local trauma center and is now under care. That's that's pretty good. I mean, unfortunate about the car crash, but like as a technology coming to the rescue, that's pretty good. Do you share your location with anyone? I think maybe you. Yeah, <laughs> like only you. I already asked that because I think it's me. Well, I share with my entire family, so like I, I think right. I used to my parents, yeah. Got my brother, yeah. uh, and then like a lot of colleagues I have it shared with because we do a lot of driving. So like uh, a lot of people have our space explored. We all have our like locations shared with each other to so know where we guys are. It's a yeah. little weird sometimes because they do stalk me a little bit on there. But, you know, it's overall, I think it's a good feature. Like, it's a good feature. This is just a proof that it is like, you know. I think Chance shares his good. location with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not it's a one-way yeah. street. I, guess, I think a lot of people do this. So, for it's, me, it's good I to see that. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's good so, to yeah. still that, like, this actually, like, you know, like, is a reason we do it. And it actually checks out. Right. You, I mean, I would say, like, it wouldn't work in our situation where you see my location because you wouldn't not hear from me or like like you wouldn't think that i'm i'm not available around but actually i think you would i think if i were like weren't, <laughs> if wasn't I respondent it, for a few days i would probably anywhere. check your location yeah yeah true. like 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 if no tweet for one day then like maybe flag the alarm uh yeah 
Yeah, I used to share location with fam with like everyone in the family. Um, I, I, I and then uh, co-parenting with your former spouse, like it's then it becomes a sensitive thing, and so no one shares location, even like mm-hmm. the find my is like per that account. So, um, which is too bad, but uh, that's reality. Uh, next up, <laughs> do you make any mistakes this year, Seth? Any what? Do you make any mistakes this year? You lose anything? Oh, of value this so year? many mistakes. You spend, so you spend any money that you really didn't have? Oh, so much money. <laughs> Don't feel bad about it because Apple lost a trillion. They lost a trillion dollars this year. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't lose st- that much money. <laughs> their stock did. Yeah, I mean, the other day we were talking about a $100 million tax uh, fine in, in Japan. Well, here's $1 trillion that Apple uh, had at the beginning of the year and is now gone, at least their market uh, capital valuation. So... Um, Apple was the first company to hit $1 trillion, and then they hit $2 trillion, and then they hit $3 trillion even faster than going from two to from one to two. So I predicted when that happened that they would go from three to four even quicker because the pattern was that they're increasingly adding value at a faster rate. And then this year happened. And I, you know, it's largely like COVID-19 supply chain effects catching up because everything in, in 2020 was on track anyway. Um, lockdown in China is like, you know, having a, a COVID zero policy where, you know, it, it's it's mandatory isolation. So productivity slows down. Um, a lot of different factors. We're, weirdly, like iPhone 14 Pro is in higher demand than iPhone 14. That's a concern. A lot of different things that... And, and then just like the the overall economy um overall overall performance of the market and then uh as uh, apple's cfo luca uh, maestri would say global economic headwinds so anything anything um not benefiting apple around the world that that led to this trillion dollar loss but like it's it's almost poetic that like at the beginning of the year they had 3 trillion dollars and it took until today to to hit two trillion dollars uh which is a first for a company to do like it's a new record so which will be quicker the first time they hit three trillion or the second time they hit three trillion i think there's more momentum in losing money than gaining because of the situations that are at play here but i don't know we'll don't know but (laughs) it will be news when they hit three trillion dollars again when they hit one trillion they kept going like up and down over the span of a few weeks same thing with two trillion Three trillion, probably the same way, um, but we did not go before. <laughs> like when Apple hit a trillion dollar valuation, they would have had to have lost everything to lose a trillion dollars. For Apple to to lose, casually dropping a trillion dollars in a year. Yeah, like Apple pretty much lost in value uh, over this over this past year. The entire company up to a few years ago, which you know, I mean, it's <laughs> they lost an Apple. <laughs> They lost, yeah, they, lost, they lost an Apple of like, I don't know what year, like 2015 or 20, 2017 or so. so uh, obviously, this is uh, not it. Like, it's not like Apple or Tim Cook made some, ins- you know, wild decisions that led to Apple's loss of um, stock <laughs> price. Uh, it, it does affect people, though. Like, if you have a lot of stock in Apple, then then this dramatically impacts the amount of money that you have that you could trade for. So uh, it is a, it is a very serious thing in that, in that sense, but it's not a performance thing where like Tim Cook decided 
we're going to stop selling the iPhone and say they lost a trillion dollars in the year. Uh, it, it's the kind of thing that I think in, in time will recover. Um, stock value is also largely a forecast of evaluation. And so they're looking at, you know, investors are looking at um, what's the next quarter going to be like, you know, uh, all of this year, what's the next year ahead going to look like? And there's a lot of uncertainty there with, with economic conditions around the world. So um, I think this is just a forecast. I mean, if you look at it, really it's a forecast of uncertainty going forward for the next year or so. Um, and, th- and that we'll see this <laughs> $3 trillion valuation return in time. And then, and then we'll eventually get to four trillion dollars. Probably, maybe, maybe there's a limit on how big a company can be. Maybe they've uh, peaked. Maybe Apple's peaked. <laughs> they're not doomed, though. They still have. They're still worth <laughs> two peaked. trillion. They're dollars. still good. Just because you're you know, peaked doesn't mean you're not bad. It just means you've peaked. One trillion dollars is an awful lot of money. Two trillion dollars is twice that. So it, it's still doing okay. Uh, it's it's we're, we're coming to the end of the year. You and I. It's it's uh, it's Wednesday, right? So we've got Thursday and. Friday, Friday left this week to talk to each other and uh so we don't see those, each other until next year yeah there's there's one day after ah. that where we, where we won't talk to each other so like I would say that if Apple releases Apple Classical which is the Apple Music separation app that is totally devoted to Apple's classic catalog and, and how it presents um, artist credits how it categorizes a song how it um, makes things discoverable. If Apple releases that in the next two days, we'll talk about it. If they release it on Saturday, which I think is highly unlikely, we must return to talk about that. Emergency that daily only. episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they still haven't. There's, there's also been no statement. So I think it's probably likely if there's any statement, there could be a couple this year from Apple on Friday at like 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Eastern time, the kind that you bury uh, over a long weekend. <laughs> the, the Friday that bury all news stories. It's not just a Friday. It's legit the last Friday of the year. <laughs> right. And I think with New Year's Day observed on, mon- on Monday, you know, as, as like the day off, I think they just mix a three-day weekend. Uh, I, think they could, I think they could make a statement of some sort about we plan to release Apple Classical early next year or next year. And the same thing for the Mac Pro because uh, I know you're a big Mac Pro fan that you have an old, old, old Mac Pro for some reason. I do. The original yeah. cheese grater. It's yeah. Just sitting in the corner right now. I'm looking at it, collecting dust. Right. We are sponsored this week by Tailscale. Setting up a virtual private network is time consuming and it requires a lot of IT support to configure, roll out, and manage. But it doesn't have to be that way. And that's where Tailscale comes in. Tailscale runs anywhere and lets you create a secure mesh network that you can use to easily manage access to private resources or give teams and individuals secure access to those resources without exposing them to the public internet. Connections between devices on your Tailscale network, or the Tailnet, are automatically authenticated and encrypted. Tailscale allows teams to stay connected at all times with dynamic endpoint discovery and the ability to work from anywhere with exit nodes that route and encrypt traffic when teams are using an untrusted Wi-Fi connection. To learn more and to sign up for Tailscale for free, hit the link in the show notes below or visit tailscale.com and use promo code 9TO5MAC. Once you install and authenticate Tailscale on at least two devices, you can create your Tailnet and get to work. Again, that's tailscale.com 
with promo code 9TO5MAC. Apple Apple did not release an Apple Silicon Mac Pro this year, which which if released would have completed the I guess promised or you know goal of replacing every Intel Mac with an Apple Silicon Mac within two years time. Mac Pro isn't a consumer product really. It's 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 a niche product that sells in low volumes, so no one's upset. I mean, Apple's done the thing for the Mac that it really needed needed to be done to it. If anything, the move to Apple Silicon could be a performance uh like disc you know discount uh of capability uh so so i think we're maybe maybe we're maybe it's better this way but um that and then the the uh, high-end intel space gray colored mac mini that's still available will need a higher well i think they could have killed it if they wanted to but they haven't yet but like mac studio it gets there um this this transition will be uh a milestone for me since uh the the first m one chip was my first my first and last apple event i ever helped cover for the network <laughs> yes uh huh that, <laughs> that was two years good. ago that's a while yeah, ago that is true uh you got a few details wrong we'll just say that <laughs> <laughs> i'm much better at writing stories about space and drones <laughs> you, you, you needed a little help there after you reached the finish line uh, of publishing a story so so those two things maybe we'll see an apple statement about apple classical maybe we'll see one about the mac pro coming next year um maybe even something more specific those those are things that i think could, could be possible and um you know so so stay tuned on that unless they <laughs> the mac pro is not coming in the next few days apple classical probably not coming in the next few days here's but here's the play the here's, here's the play saturday night apple classical oh. will come next year sunday morning apple classical <laughs> is here that's the play that's the play there was a time a couple of weeks ago where Tim Cook was in Japan and he tweeted a classical music performance from an Apple store, I believe. And it was such a tease. It was like, huh. It's like you're, you're, you're just you're, waiting you're, to do a review on this, aren't you? You're very so close. I don't know. I think there's some interesting things about Apple Classical. Uh, I mean, they bought this company, Prime Phonic. August of 2021 and said that there'd be Apple Classical as a separate app because Primephonic was a separate app. Um, the opportunity here is that you have a, a genre that isn't well served by um, an app that, that is mostly served for you know popular music. So that was kind of neat. That is Apple doing a new app. I mean, Apple doing a new app is exciting anytime. Preform was this year's that new app. Doesn't happen every year. Prime Phonic didn't become Apple Classical this year. There's lots of references in code and Apple Music code, especially on the Android side, which is maybe easier to look into, uh, of Apple Classical. It sounds like they wanted to do this in the first three months of this year because they they continued or they gave a free trial to Prime Phonic members um, of Apple Music up to the end of February. And I looked into like where people are working now from the Prime Phonic team, and a lot of people like dozens of people have jobs relating to apple music uh and data uh, at, at at apple now so this doesn't seem like an abandoned thing and like maybe there's a possibility of apple classical not ever being a separate app that apple says we've improved the apple classical experience within the apple music app that we no longer believe we need two different apps 
that's that's possible. Um, but one thing that I found when I was kind of looking into like where are things as they stand as of last month um, is is the revenue split. This is something I've discussed on Happy Hour on uh, the podcast there. But the the CEO Thomas Steffens of Primephonic, who now is Apple Music Business Development, um, he wrote in 2018 about how um, streaming services usually pay about 60% of revenue as a royalty to labels who then pay a percentage out of those royalties to the artist. Um, and that's based on the number of times a track is streamed. So that's, that's the model for most music, um, including classical before now on Apple music, maybe still now. Uh, and, and then he, he continues to say, since most pop songs last three or four minutes, this mechanism works pretty well, but the average classical track lasts much, much longer. Beethoven's Ninth symphony lasts for over an hour with each movement clocking in between 10 and 25 minutes, depending on the recording. The result is that an hour of pop music pays out significantly more than an hour of classical music. So I'm curious if they do the pay for second payout that Prime Phonic was using, or if they do pay for play, which is sort of the industry standard. It seems like this is why they would have a whole separate app experience is, is you know, this included. Don't know yet. We'll see. So that's that's my update on classical. The thing on Mac Pro, John Turner is at an Apple event in the spring, said the Mac Pro is coming. That's a story for another day. What he didn't say was a story for another year, but that's also the, the case. So we'll, we'll see what they say on on, uh, on Friday or Saturday. Two um, more days before it could still be uh, another day. Two, yeah, we have, yeah. More, we have three more days, really. Yeah, I told you before we started recording that I was going to try to do maybe five or six minutes a day and not eight, not, not as long as usual. Well, the clock's ticking, so we're way up there. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a story from my colleague, Ben Lovejoy. He did a kind of post that I really enjoy, and he lives in London, so the, the, the scenery is something else that, is, that I can't reach. Uh, he did a an iPhone 14 Pro 3X optical, optical zoom photo walk and just sort of showed and described how the 3x camera on the 14 pro for him changes the scene dramatically of photos he's taken over the years on an iPhone. So that's pretty cool. And he linked to a story I read earlier this year, uh, kind of demonstrating the versatility of the iPhone 14 pro taking the same photo at half X, one X, two X and three X. Um, so I love, I love camera and like modern new camera iPhone stories. So check that out. Uh, if you, <laughs> I revived a couple of stories today as well that were older and I wanted to put them back on the homepage. So one was how to make your large iPhone more comfortable to use one handed. This is from our former colleague, Parker Ortolani, who now works at the Verge on product. Uh, apparently he didn't like his iPhone 13 very uh, uh, max very much because it was so big. So he did an entire story about, you know, using like dis display zoom and making a tap on the back shortcut. Lots of things that make using a large iPhone in one hand more uh, easy. Uh, so check that out. I, I brought it back today as a story. So so there's that. And then lastly, I brought back a story from Chance from a year ago, which is um, about universal control on the Mac and iPad and how it, it changed the way he works. And so um, if you haven't checked out con uh, universal control, I think this year stage manager took up all the oxygen in the room about like how Macs work and multitasking and everything. But um, universal control is also something that, you know, it, between two Macs or between a Mac and an iPad uh, didn't get discussed much this year because, you know, it, it, it ships and it's good. Um, so check that out if, if you haven't tried the feature yet. And Seth, <laughs> yes. that is nine to five nightly 
podcast for Tuesday, December 28th. No, it's Wednesday. I was so close. It's Wednesday. I was going to say, you're so close. It's Wednesday. So close. Wednesday, December 28th. Uh, Our thanks to everyone for listening. We're technically shorter than yesterday. (laughs) Seth and I will be back tomorrow. Chance will be back uh, next week or so. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of 9 to 5 Mac Nightly. Bye, everybody.